0: Welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some common startup issues you may have if you just had your pool replastered or had a pool built. I'm going to go over some things that you should avoid doing and some things that you should do to ensure that the plaster comes out for the best possible outcome. Leslie's Pool Supplies is a proud partner of the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Leslie's Pool Supplies has been do-it-yourselfers and pool trade professionals' trusted partners since 1963 providing quality products and services to make pool care easy, and solutions and expertise to do it right. So in this podcast, I'm gonna specifically focus on plaster gunite pools. This includes a variety of different kind of plasters and also the colored plaster pools. So it's not really going to cover vinyl, fiberglass, and pebble-tech pools, which don't have the same startup problems that you would have with a plaster pool. Since the plaster pool is the most common surface type, and it's also the most difficult when it comes to startup and problems, I'm going to spend the podcast here talking about some common things that can go wrong with the startup of a plaster pool and the problems that could occur. I'm also going to give you some tips on how to prevent these problems from happening, and I'm not going to go into the startup methods in detail here. And I'll save that for another podcast, but there are three startup methods. There's the traditional startup method, there's the asset startup method, and then Orenda has a base startup method. So there can be several problems that occur when the pool needs to be filled. The first issue that could happen is if you stop the fill before it finishes. So a lot of times the customer will get scared that they're not going to be able to turn off the water in time when they go to bed at night because it may overflow. So they'll turn the pool off halfway through the fill-up on the first day. This is a big no-no. Definitely what's going to happen is that when you turn the water back on and you fill the pool completely, you're going to have a ring around the pool where you turn the water off at. So this ring around the pool is usually half an inch thick and it's a distinct discoloration. So if you have a colored plaster pool, it's gonna be a lighter colored ring around the whole pool where you turn the water off at. If you have a white plaster pool, it may be a little bit darker than the plaster. Regardless of the plaster color, you're gonna have this ring that forms around the area where you turn the water off before it finished filling up. So one good rule is never turn the water off until the pool is totally filled up to the tile line. So don't turn the pool off early. If you're going to go to bed that night, you'll have to set your alarm to get yourself up to turn the water off at a certain time because under no circumstances can you turn the pool off while it's filling. And that's one thing that the builder will probably tell you, and so definitely keep that in mind. And that is a big problem that I've seen on a couple of accounts that were filling and they turned the pool off because they were afraid it was to an overflow. And this ring is permanent. There's no way to get it off unless you drain it and acid wash the pool. How you fill the pool up is another issue. Typically, you wanna use your garden hose. You wanna wrap a towel around it. Make sure that it's taped on there good. You don't want the hose touching the surface and you want it in the deep end or the basin of the deep end filling the pool up. If you were to fill the pool up without this towel, Um, I've seen the mark of the hose in the bottom of the pool before, and I've also seen the spray of the water of the pool. So you wanna make sure that the builder wraps the hose up correctly so that it won't leave any marks on the bottom of the pool. So you're gonna fill the pool up all the way entirely first, and then you're gonna move the hose into the spa if you have an attached spa to the pool, and then fill that spa all the way up to the tile line also. The spa will fill up rather rapidly, it's only you know 500 gallons or so of water, so that will fill up pretty quickly. But that's the process, you fill the pool, then you take the hose over and fill the spa after that. You wanna make sure you fill both of them as soon as possible to avoid any kind of damage to the plaster from the sun. So again, once the pool is done, the builder should start the hose and should start filling the pool for you. It should not be something that he leaves up to you to do. You also do not want to fill the pool from an autofill line. So, if you have an autofill line installed in your pool, you don't want to turn the line on, the autofill line on, and fill it from the autofill because what will happen is that the streak of water will run down the pool and you're going to actually have a permanent streak of water from the autofill line down to the bottom of the pool. So, it's a much, much as the same thing as turning it off before it fills to the top. If you fill the pool with the inline autofill line, you're gonna have that streak on the side of the pool down to the deep end. So you have to use a garden hose, has to be on the basin or bottom of the pool, deep end of the pool, has to be wrapped properly in a towel so that you don't damage the plaster as the pool is filling. Once the pool is filled, depending on the startup method, if you're doing the acid startup, you're not gonna turn it on until the pH is back up to the point where you can turn it on safely. If you're doing the traditional startup, you definitely can start the pool right away. Regardless of whichever method you're gonna use, when the pool is ready to be started and run, you definitely want to turn the pool on. You don't wanna leave the pool sitting there a week off because that would cause some problems with the water quality later on in the week. Even if you do an acid startup, it should take you no more than 24 to 48 hours before you have the pool on and running. Now when you have the pool on and running, it's optimal to run the pool, in my opinion, 24 seven at the highest RPM setting. So if you have a variable speed pump a lot of times one of the problems you run into is that whoever installs it will set it on a lower RPM and to me that's not optimal for a startup. You want to have it running at the full 3450 RPMs and you want to run the pool as long as possible. My preference for a startup is once I'm ready to turn on the pool I leave it on 24/7. If it's an automated system, I put it in the service mode and run it 24/7. If it's an Intermatic timer, I don't put the on/off trippers on there. I just let it run 24/7. To me, this is the optimal way to ensure that the plaster comes out looking the best. And so, you want to run the pool as long as possible, and you don't definitely don't want to not run the pool or run it at too low of an RPM where the water is not circulating. Another issue that you can run into is when you don't brush the pool enough to loosen up the plaster dust on the side of the walls, the bottom, the step area. So if you're not brushing the pool multiple times a day, the pool startup guy should be brushing it at least once a day or twice a day if possible for the first week. And you as the homeowner should be brushing the pool as much as you can. And you also only want to use a nylon soft bristle brush. You don't want to use anything with any kind of steel wool in there, or any kind of stainless steel bristles in there. You definitely only want to use a nylon brush. They should provide you with the standard pool brush, the brush to pool with, and the more you brush, the better off you are, the less likely scale will form on the walls and the floor of the pool. So brush as much as you can, and brush as often as you can. And that's the key to making sure that the plaster doesn't settle on the plaster and become become embedded in the plaster, which would make the pool very rough. Another thing you don't want to do is get into the plaster pool in the first three weeks. Two weeks, you may be okay. Three weeks is more optimal. I've seen a lot of times where dogs will step into the step area and their paw prints become permanent. So it's basically like wet cement. If you touch the wet cement while it's drying, you're gonna leave an indentation in it. And the same thing with the pool plaster. So if a dog gets in there, if a kid gets in there, if you use the pool two days after it was filled, more than likely hand prints and footprints will be embedded in the plaster permanently. So I've had a pool that was done, I would say, eight years ago, and you can still see the paw prints from their dog that went into the first step. It's kind of like a Baja step, and you can see all the dog's footprints in there. And that may be removed with an acid wash, but the key is not to use your pool, not to get in there for at least the first three weeks. I think that would be the most optimal time. And then you can start using your pool. You don't want to turn your heater on either for the first month. The heater can cause problems with the pool plaster as it's curing, so don't use the heater. And also, you don't want to add salt. I did another podcast about when to add salt. I usually wait about 90 days before I add salt. You definitely don't want to add salt and turn on the salt water generator within the first 30 days. That's a definite no-no. The salt could stain the surface, and also having the salt generator working at that time makes balancing the water really difficult. You don't want to add chlorine to the pool the first day, or maybe the second day you can add a little bit in there, keep it really low, maybe one parts per million, and never shock a pool that's just been filled with water. So you wanna keep the chlorine level low. It's probably not gonna have any problems even if it's the peak of summer. It's got fresh water in there. And if you do get a little bit of algae, it's not a big deal. You just don't want to add a lot of chlorine because that could affect the curing process of the plaster. And then you wanna balance the pH and alkalinity. With the new plaster, there's gonna be a really high acid demand. So you're gonna be adding a lot of muriatic acid. It may be shocking levels of muriatic acid or dry acid you may be wondering why you're adding so much acid to the pool. The acid demand of the plaster is very high as it's curing, and so you're going to keep you're going to have to add a lot of acid because the pH is going to keep going up pretty rapidly on a newly plastered pool. So don't be surprised if you're adding you know tons of acid to the pool the first three to six months. That's pretty typical and pretty normal. The last thing you want to do is not to balance the pH and bring it down because that creates a lot more scaling in the pool. You may not see the scaling. For a few months but I can guarantee you that if the pH is out of balance at the beginning six to nine months later you're gonna your plaster is going to feel like sandpaper. So you definitely want to make sure the pH is balanced. The alkalinity should be kept at 80 to 120. Typically most people keep the alkalinity above 100 which I recommend. This prevents any kind of modeling of the pool surface. No one knows for sure what causes the modeling. Is it the startup? Is it the plaster itself? Um, but I think the alkalinity definitely is a factor, and pools at really low alkalinity in the 30s and 40s for long periods of time, I think caused a lot of the modeling or discoloration of the plaster. So you want to keep the alkalinity at 100, maybe a little bit above 100. Um, 80 would be the minimum, I think, with the new startup for the first six months. And I think that's a major factor in the quality of the plaster. Calcium hardness is not really a big issue here in California. Our water is really hard here but you don't want to have too little calcium in the pool. So if the calcium level is lower than the standard in your area, you definitely wanna add some calcium chloride to bring the calcium hardness level up. I don't usually mess with the calcium level for the first couple weeks, two or three weeks anyway, but when you do need to adjust the calcium, you wanna adjust it up with the calcium chloride. Ideally, you want the calcium level to be two to 300 parts per million in a new plaster pool. So if the calcium's coming in at 180, I don't really, I wouldn't really advise messing with it. That's pretty close to 200. If it's over 200, I wouldn't touch it at all. Um, if it's at 150, you're kind of on the borderline. You may want to add some calcium chloride to bring it up. But to me, I think the most critical factor is the alkalinity and pH, which would cause scaling or discoloration of a plaster. So you definitely want to keep an eye on alkalinity and pH. Those are, to me, the most important factors. And so after the first week, you can add some chlorine and then you can add some conditioner to the pool to protect the chlorine. I highly recommend adding liquid conditioner. It's more expensive, probably three times as much as a granular conditioner, but it's pretty much bulletproof. It's not gonna cause any problems with the pool. I've seen many startups with the granular chlorine where the granular has gotten into the pool, whether through the filter or someone thought that you would add the granular chlorine directly to the pool surface, which you don't, you add it to the skimmer with the pool running for 24 hours. But nonetheless, the granular chlorine can be a problem. could cause staining because it is very acidic. Um, Cyanaric acid is an acid. So if you get it in the pool surface itself, especially while it's curing, definitely gonna stain it. If there's something wrong with the filter and it blows some through the return line, it's definitely gonna stain it. If the pool turns off at some time and the conditioner hasn't dissolved yet, there's a possibility that the acid buildup in the lines could stain it when it comes out the return line. So I highly recommend using the liquid pool conditioner. It's pretty inert, it's basically salt based, and it's not gonna stain the pool, it's pH neutral, and it's not gonna cause any acid burns to the surface. You just pour it in and brush the pool, and you're pretty much done. So I definitely would use the liquid um, conditioner and not the granular. And then with the startup, I always suggest, and I always recommend, adding some kind of metal sequestering agent so if if you have a local pool store that carries any go ahead and get some you can order the jack's magic i like the magenta or the blue or the pink stuff whatever they have in stock it's a good metal sequestering agent and then i also always add one or two bottles of the easy care Butec. this is a scale prevention um, type um, product so you add it to your pool it'll help eliminate or reduce the scaling of the pool. Um, this product's been proven. What it does, is it gets behind the scale and kind of breaks it off the surface of the pool. So I highly recommend adding one or two bottles of this when you start up your pool. And so you add the metal sequestering agent to prevent any kind of metal staining. And you also add the Butech to help with the scaling of the pool. Now even though you're doing the brushing, balancing the peach and alkalinity, adding the Butech, the pool may still be a little rough at first, it's normal. It's basically a cement that's underwater, And so when you do go to use the pool after the three week period, I highly recommend wearing those swimmer shoes that you get at this local sporting goods store. You can order them online, of course. Definitely put those on your kid's feet. Maybe even put some gloves on their hands because a lot of times the hands will get cut on the plaster wall while they're swimming. So I highly recommend that they wear gloves and wear those swim shoes Um, especially the first uh, few months when the pool has just been built because chances are they're going to be in the pool for hours because it's something new and they're going to get bloody feet, bloody hands from the surface as it's curing. It will be smooth and really, it should be really smooth after the first three or four months. You shouldn't have any problems with this, with um, being rough on the feet or hands. But I know from experience with my own pool, that this is a very common thing, even if you do everything perfectly the way you're supposed to do it, if they're in the pool for hours and they're pushing off the bottom with their feet, or pushing off the walls with their hand, swimming, doing laps or whatever, this could be a problem. So definitely pick up those swim shoes and get some gloves for your kids so that their hands and feet don't get cut up when they first start using the pool. One thing that you definitely don't want to do right after the pool is filled for the first three weeks at least, is put a vacuum cleaner in there with wheels on it so whether it's a manual vacuum with a hose connected to the skimmer or if it's a, a vacuum system like the power or riptide nothing with wheels should be in the pool within the first three weeks and if you do need the vacuum out the dust you would have to use a brush vacuum these are vacuums made for above ground pools or vinyl pools they're a vacuum with brush bristles nylon bristles instead of the wheels those are perfectly safe to do but typically, I don't vacuum a pool the first three weeks anyway. It's not a big deal. There may be a little bit of dirt here and there. But um, just to err on caution, if you do vacuum the pool within a period of time before the plaster cures, you're going to see the wheel marks on the bottom of the pool. I took over a black or dark plaster pool that someone vacuumed the first week, and it took forever for the wheel marks to finally disappear. I think after about seven years, you can barely see, see the wheel marks in the pool, So you definitely don't want to do that. Again, anything touching the surface could cause damage to it. Even if you're skimming out leaves on the bottom with a leaf rake, I recommend not doing that for the first few days, let the plaster cure. And then if you do skim out any leaves on the bottom, be very ginger with the leaf rake and don't push down too hard. You don't want to mar the surface of the pool. The plaster is really that sensitive to marks, so definitely be very cautious when you're cleaning it the first week. I just think brushing the pool the first week is all you need to do. I wouldn't bother with any leaves or any kind of vacuuming. To me, that's not a big deal. Just I'm more focused on the quality of the plaster overall, um, long term. I don't really care about dirt or leaves in the pool at the first week when I'm starting up a pool. I think the real key is to make sure that the builder has a startup guy, either a local pool company or an in-house startup guy that can actually do the first week startup, whatever method they use, the base startup, asset startup, or the traditional startup, some type of professional should be starting the pool up for you. They'll be the ones programming the equipment, making sure that the timer is set to run a proper amount of time or the right RPMs on a variable speed pump. They're the ones that are in charge of balancing the water the first week week or two to make sure that the pH and alkalinity stay in line. They're the ones that should be in charge of the calcium hardness level of the pool going forward, adding the chemicals to your pool, brushing the pool along with you brushing the pool, making sure that none of these errors take place when the pool is being filled. And this is one of the things that is important. A lot of times you'll get a pool replastered or get a pool built and the builder has no startup guy. Basically, he just fills the pool up and it's all yours. And I think this is where you can have a lot of problems and definitely when you're going to have your pool replastered or having your pool constructed one of the first questions you should ask is who is the startup guy for you what are they gonna do when they start to the pool up what startup method do they use all of these are really critical questions because if the pool is started up incorrectly it could cause lots of problems down the line especially with the plaster quality as far as staining or modeling or the plaster being rough, or other kinds of defects in the plaster. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the builder does not have the adequate startup person. So it's really critical at a plaster pool. Pebble Tech is not quite as critical, neither is the vinyl or fiberglass, but you w- you should have a professional startup those pools also, just to make sure there's no problems. But the plaster pool is where you're gonna run into a lot of problems with the startup if it's not done correctly. And then a few more things that I would highly recommend that you do when you're getting the pool constructed is that you make sure the gardener is not going to be doing any fertilizing during that time. That's definitely a problem. It could stain the surface with either the fertilizer or with the fertilizer pellets. You want to make sure the kids don't throw anything in the pool, no pool toys. And again, the pets, definitely put whatever you can, lawn chairs around the pool. Something to keep them from stepping in the first steps because the dog doesn't know and the dog's gonna to want to get into that pool right away to step into that first step or the step area. And definitely if it's just been redone if it's just been replastered or constructed, you're gonna to have to let everyone know that no one can go in the pool for three weeks. I know it's a tough thing to do because it's very inviting, full of nice clean water, but you're gonna to have to stick with this in order to prevent any kind of damage to the blaster surface. Again, after two weeks, you're probably okay to get in, but I always like to err on the side of caution and everyone wait as long as possible. But if you really need to get in the pool, I think the plaster is pretty much cured the first two weeks. You should be okay as long as you don't use the heater. But the first week is definitely off the table because the plaster is still curing. You don't want any kind of problems with it um, going forward. To me, the longer you can wait to get in the pool, the better off you are. So, those are some things to be wary of when you're getting a plaster pool remodeled or replastered or having a plaster pool built. And I hope you found these tips helpful in this podcast. If you're looking for more resources for your pool care, definitely check out my website, swimmingprelearning.com, where I have an ebook available for $9.99, plus a lot of helpful web pages there. And if you're in the industry and you need more one on one help with your business, definitely check out my coaching program. For $10 a month, you can text me in real time. And for $20 a month, you can call me. There's also a lot of great discounts and benefits for being part of the group. You can learn more about that at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.